You're listening to episode 15-1 of the Tech Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Robert Desert Eagle Allen. With me tonight is no other than Jeremy Lawman Lamont. Are we still counting? I didn't know we were still counting. We started a new world. world <laughs> That's right. How about that? Yes. Excellent. Glad to be here. And also in the new world, Eric Blue Swim. I've leveled up. And Sage Morris Green. I think I'm anything smart to say. <laughs> it's <laughs> brand new world and a brand new day okay so let me begin with a little uh, apologia uh for not producing an episode like oh, this for, ought to be good in forever <laughs> so, forever my excuse i can't uh, wait to hear this epic yes. tale well the holiday season is usually pretty tough and this year the number of games especially the number of uh, games of japanese origin was just unprecedented so uh, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. No so that covers you for December, Robert. Yes. What about the rest of the time? November 2? That's part of oh, the Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'll throw I you mean, half. I mean, technically, half it really starts post-Madden, and Madden's in August. I see. When was okay. our last show? August? I see a correlation. Largely, things should be returning to their usual slow rate. All right. <laughs> Snail back, rate. Back to, the normal, back to the normal drip feed. Yes. What's new with you guys? But not non-existent. Oh, oh not much. We got some video games. We got uh, end-of-the-year stuff. Like, yeah. It's almost 2016, man. What, what happened? Went by really quick. So let, let's start talking about these things. Ready? Yeah. Ready. yeah. Game yeah. of the year. Who wants to start? Oh, my God. They, whoa, oh, too fast. I didn't even, no, no, no foreplay even. That was, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> We're bringing it hard. That was, was choice E already. Uh, well... So we have some categories here that we were supposed to kind of fill out. Um, favorite console, uh, meaning favorite console game, favorite console yeah. game, portable game, and mobile game. Yeah. Uh, and I understood favorite console game to be just major platform mm-hmm. game. So I, I actually threw in some PC stuff here. You know, this is weird because I, I was looking over the list of games that released in 2015, and I think the stuff that I had the most fun with, for the most part, were like some of the remakes. Okay. Um, so this year, um, and I know I'm supposed to nail it down to one. I, I know I'm supposed to, and I can't. I'm sorry. Um, so just, it, but I will try and keep it to the remastered stuff. So the two that I really spent the most time with uh, this year, and Devil and really, May Cry. I, I actually was going to put that on there. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it counted, but the DMC Definitive Edition came right. out this year, and that game is still so damn good. It's so good. Right. Um, in fact, that was the game. I ended up with a copy of that for the Xbox One, and that was the game that finally... I ended up with it before I actually got an Xbox, and I'm like, alright, I gotta get it. So that's what actually tipped me over the edge to getting an Xbox One, and I have no reason. So one free copy. Yes, it did it. That's all it took. Hmm. Uh, take note, Microsoft. Uh, just send out some free games. Um, so yeah, actually, it's funny that you... What you if it came out so for well. the Ouya? I... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy would have said, oh no. <laughs> that's, that's it. I was actually thinking about Ouya the other day because I noticed at the PlayStation you? Experience that Duck Game is now yes. going to yeah. come to Sony platforms. And I was yep. just wondering who's over at Ouya now. Just like, oh God, my day job is to work at Ouya. <laughs> is there anyone still at Ouya? There, I, somebody must be over there. I don't know. The janitor. I don't know. Be a janitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's one janitor sweeping the floors. So DMC actually was on the list. I, I had the forbearance not to actually write it in there, but it was in my heart. So I'm glad that you, you mentioned it. Um, but on the PC, I played a lot of Homeworld Remastered this year, uh, which was redone or originally from Relic Entertainment, but was redone by Gearbox. Um, and they did a really good job with it. I mean, it's more or less just a straight port, but it's so good to have it back. 
Um, so I and and I may have even talked about it on a, on a previous show, but uh, Homeworld is a three um, D fully three D outer space RTS game, um, and you may have seen the iconic mothership, you know that vertical uh, you know sort of towering structure, and and uh, you you may know it for seeing all of the the lush nebular backgrounds, and it, yes. space has never looked so interesting and cool as it does in Homeworld. Um, they also redid the musical score. It has a great uh, musical soundtrack by Paul Ruske, I believe, is, is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they also added, they went full-on with multiplayer, so uh, online multiplayer, a special multiplayer mode. Um, you can do comp stomps, verses. Um, you, can, you, can you can actually mix and match from Homeworld 1 and Homeworld 2. You can mix and match the different uh, factions so that you can actually play the good guys from the first game versus the good guys from the second game or you know any permutation there in, which is really neat. Um, and, and just generally, I was really pleased. It was one of those games that I felt like back in 1998 or whatever. Like, it was really cool at the time, and then you just never heard anything about it since then. I, I would try and, you know, every once in a while make, like, a good tweet about it or something, but uh, I was really happy to see that, that uh, uh, Randy Pitchford and, and the folks over at Gearbox felt so strongly about it that they would uh, bid for the rights to, to do this game and then do such a really good job with it. Um, and it's just really a pleasure. It's just really good. Uh, and it, ha- it has since been on sale, so you can actually get it for relatively uh, cheap these mm-hmm. days. Uh, Steam, I think, is primarily the platform that it's on. Um, in fact, I'm not sure that it is anywhere else, but uh, de- definitely there. So keep your eyes open for some, some good prices on that. But it's uh, definitely good times. Uh, the other one in, in the um, sort of major platform category, I really enjoyed the remake of Grim Fandango. And actually, now that I look at these two side by side, um, it's almost like like the same game, you know, the same, same exact thing going on again. You know, Grim Fandango also, from around that time period originally, uh, also... Late 90s uh, uh, were good for you. Yeah, I guess it must be. Did you and, crank you know, the Alanis Morissette when you were playing? I, I was doing some, like, you know, Creed is big again, except I think it's a different Creed now. Um, but uh, with arms wide open, I played these games. And... Um, no, but uh, th- they did a really great job with this, too. Uh, Grim Fandango, of course, they up everything. A traditional, um, it's a point-and-click adventure game without the pointing and clicking, I guess. Um, you know, you got your tank control, uh, Kalaka, Skeleton, Manny Calavera, and, uh, you know, it's a very noir. I mean, you, you guys, of course, are probably familiar with this. But they did such a good job. The, the commentary tracks that they've added, the ability to... Uh, you know, switch back and forth between the, um, you know, the old graphics and the new stuff. And of course you do that once and you're like, okay, new stuff all the way. Uh, the cross platform, uh, it's actually a cross buy uh, on PlayStation 4 and, and Vita. It's also on PC, of course, uh, but then also cross save, which has, has been really good for me. So I played it on Sony platforms and, and uh, have really been enjoying it there. And, um, you know, and then I guess, like you mentioned, DMC. So I looked really hard at the list of 2015 games um, before we sat down to record tonight. And I was found a lot of stuff from 2013. That's, uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. I I mean, those were the good days. A lot of stuff, like, carrying over from last year, a lot of stuff being redone this year. and And I really wanted to pick something that was new and cool. And there's a lot of good stuff that came out this year. You know, you've got your, your metal gear, your fallout, your, uh, uh, Witcher. I mean, all the stuff that were, were at Jeff Keighley's game awards, but I just, I didn't <laughs> Is that the official name. The, the Je- Jeff Keighley game. Awards. The Jeff Keighley game awards brought the to you Keeleys. by Jeff Keighley. Right. The Keighley's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't want to be disingenuous that there's not a lot of good stuff that came out this sure. year yeah, on major yeah. platforms, but it was just for me somehow, I just sidestepped almost all of it and ended up really just loving the games that I've I, that I've loved for 
you know, 20 years um, because they, they've just done a good job. And, and you know, it, just generally speaking, um, seeing some of the stuff that's coming out again on, um, uh, you know, on, on Wii U, mm-hmm. um, it seems like I finally have hope again. I mean, for a long time, I always felt like, okay, I've got to have my old PlayStation if I'm going to play this. I mean, Tron Bond uh, got a release yeah. this year. Mega Man Legends came yeah. out again this year. Um, and for I a long sure time... I'm not sure whether or not to include Tron Bond in my list because I know it technically finally came back out again, but it was still just a port, a direct port of the yeah. PS1 game from the 90s. So I'm like, well, I guess maybe I should leave that one off. And and that's tough. Even with this remaster remaster stuff, I felt a little bit guilty saying, you know, the best experience that I had this year was actually just seventeen a, years old. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> a, a re you know reheated game from you know twenty years ago. But um, that's kind of how it went. I think it's kind of interesting because we're moving into a time where technology is jumping, is trying to jump really fast with all the VR and the AR and the, and you have all these old games that are making a big, big comeback on new souls. Like you're saying, it used to be, oh, I really want to pull the PlayStation out so I can play this game. And it's, I don't know, it's fascinating to me that we've got this moment in time where our technology is trying to jump really far ahead. And at the same time, there seems to be good recognition of these older games that had a lot of value to them. Absolutely. And so that, mm-hmm. that is sort of what defined this year for me was most of those. And again, I do feel a little bit guilty that I'm not like rolling around in some great new stuff because it's definitely good and new. Um, but but that's, how it, that's how it was for me this year. I, I'm kind of with you, Jeremy. Uh, so, so a little caveat about my game of the year. I didn't play uh, a lot of the must-play titles that you mentioned. So if I didn't review it, I probably did not play that. So that means no Phantom Pain, no, I don't think you mentioned Bloodborne, no Fallout 4, no Witcher 3 even. All, the, all those escape my radar. Um, so of all the games I did review, one of the things I looked at was the time spent playing them after the review was posted. And the mm. clear clear winner here, kind of a surprise, not Disgaea 5. Not it's marked as a question mark in the outline, so oh we boy. don't even... Yes, not Tales of Zestaria, but Skylander Superchargers. Whoa! Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. The Dark so, Horse. So, yeah, so Skylanders has always, we mentioned the drip feed, has always kind of perfected that drip feed in multiple ways. Not only do I love kind of the, the leveling up and unlocking new abilities for all the new figures I buy, but the actual buying, the, the purchase of figures is its own game. Uh, and for me, you lose when you pay full price. So uh, yes. One, <laughs> so one of the frustrations I had with Swap Force was how much content was was gated off. But with Superchargers, if you bought a boat and a plane, you you basically had carte blanche. You you could go anywhere in the game. And one of the things that I really liked was backwards compatibility with every single generation of figures. I, I think that that is super commendable. And especially, that needs to be a standard, actually. Yeah, especially for a company like Activision, that, that was really good. So what makes the game so good beyond the usual Diablo Light kind of mechanics, there are car sequences, which are really well done. These are kind of smallish areas where you control, they feel like RC vehicles. In the environments, they, they're built like stunt tracks so you can you know take off and in in different ways uh aircraft don't fare quite as well but they do occasionally you know offer a change of pace from the rest of the game aquatic vehicles you're able to float either on the surface or below the water uh it's kind of this this binary approach so there's this steady steady stream of obstacles that make you feel like you're playing a bit trip game and then there's the aesthetics on both consoles supercharger it really gives your tv uh, a workout with the color with the uh number of polygons i played it both on xbox one ps4 
uh, and really, it looks amazing. But back to the drip feed, uh, defeating monsters, earning coin, and using that coin to purchase new ways to kill monsters just works. And the one thing I wanted to leave with is just a testament of the series. Someone showed me a fairly straight-laced video, and it had the voice of Patrick Warburton. And I just could not get Flynn out of my head. So, Skylanders, yeah. you win. I was wow. just like, Flynn is talking to me. What, what, what do I need to do? Of all Robert, the references, did, that one. did you see that they are re-jumpstart, re-rebooting the Tick on Amazon? Oh, speaking of Warburton. Is it, hold on, Speak, though. Is speaking it of Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Tick, or is yeah. No, no. They're going to yeah. do, they're gonna no, move I, I forward with not. Patrick Warburton and do more of the Tick. I did not know that, but I'm afraid I might hear Flynn every time he talks. Because <laughs> I've played enough of the game, I I know him not from the tick, but for but for being Flynn. I see Flynn the the ballooner. Sometimes a... Arthur, you have to rub the sweaty palms of iniquity on the tight pants of justice. Yep, I don't, don't something like that. Don't be a crybaby. Be a crybaby. <laughs> um, if anything ever happens, Jeremy could probably fill in for a few seasons. Yeah, possibly. Patrick. Nobody would notice. I, I actually went the opposite way of you guys. I um, have not had money to purchase any of the new consoles. So the while I think a lot of the remastered stuff that's moving over to them and, and the ports are really excellent, I didn't have an opportunity to do those things. I didn't want to... I didn't get too into playing every big title that came out, but the two games for me that end up being Game of the Year are Witcher 3, which I don't think I have a need to talk about. It's won a bazillion awards and it's expansive and awesome. And Fallout 4, which normally I'm I'm really hesitant to, to give my Game of the Year to something that's such a easy, you know, blockbuster kind of title but i have to say that actually of even of all of the games that bethesda's put out fallout 4 has sucked me into playing more than pretty much any other game i've played this year and and part of that may be because i have the pit boy um and (laughs) no 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 yeah, no. Oh, no. I got it because I my, my brother and I had talked about Pip-Boys for years and how we wanted to make our own. So when they said that they were going to release it, my brother and I were like, oh, no brainer. We got to get one. So we each got one. And I thought it was just going to be kind of a gimmicky, you know, whatever sort of thing. But actually, it makes playing the game a lot more enjoyable because instead of tabbing in and out of these menus, you know, while you're in the middle of doing something, you just reach down to your arm and you can do any you know, stim packs, any eating of food, any changing of equipment, any, and you do being able to do it on your person while you're actually playing it, it doesn't, it doesn't take you out of the flow of the game. So it keeps that from being an interruption and it makes it feel a lot more immersive. You can prop up your phone or a tablet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can. All right. Have you actually worn it out in public though? Um, not yet, but I plan to. I really like it. <laughs> Do it. The Summer I- Age fan <laughs> film is forthcoming. Uh... <laughs> Go, going around. I mean, you're in the perfect environment for it, right? So out there in, That's, in all the brush. You know and- what? You know what's kind of funny and not funny is um, the other day, I we, we have a lot of traveling um, kids here, the sort of homeless, like they probably wouldn't be homeless if they wanted to be somewhere, but they go, tra- they're travelers. And they all walk through town with their big packs and these dogs, they all have dogs, and they like send their dogs to go get things. And they, so I watch this happen and I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's fallout. Like that's what this is. is so we have all these people. No, I should, but I don't. <laughs> No, I don't. But um, anyway, no. I think um, are they Robert scrapping can, your house? They're not. If they start scrapping my house, I'm going to make myself a pipe rifle and, and take them out. But <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but um, yes, you can prop up the. So I guess I'll say that the app is is really a good um, count, uh, assistant to the game. I I like having it in the actual Pip Boy because it's actually on your arm and you don't have to reach down. And there is something more fluid about just sort of reaching over and, and clicking it on my arm as opposed mm-hmm. to on the desk next to me. But also for for a Bethesda game, I haven't encountered a lot of glitching, which I'm shocked about. I mean, I I've heard other people have encountered the normal amount of glitchy weird things but for me and you know me i usually i'm the game breaker like if there's something that can glitch wrong for me it does i haven't had almost knock on wood i haven't had almost any problems with it so far and you just broke um, something when you knock probably probably (laughs) and what i really like is that they've gone into a lot of detail work on actually having the characters be much more specific so ghouls really move differently from any other uh, bad guy you encounter and super mutants really move and have different AI than any other bad guy you encounter and so they they really put a lot of effort into it and uh, it's paying off because I've had a lot of nights where I'm playing and I look up and it's 8.45 in the morning and I'm like oh I should probably go to bed now so <laughs> <laughs> so that's my big pick okay Good one for me. Um, this has been a vi- in spite of the fact that I haven't played much in the way of new releases this year. This has been really tough for me to decide because my my knee jerk reaction when I was thinking favorite console game of the year was Splatoon. I thought you were going to say Fire Pro Wrestling. Well, that too, that too. I did buy Fire Pro Returns on uh, PS2 classics it's 10 bucks buy it for the love of god um <laughs> uh, but uh you know i was i was thinking splatoon and then i was thinking well dead or alive five last round came out back in march i think it was and i put at least 50 or 60 hours into that and then you know i got to thinking again i also put a lot of time into godzilla for ps3 which reviewed terribly and, you know, I, I can understand the criticism, but it was just one of those simple, stupid, fun games. Um, and then and then this occurred to me uh, just a minute ago. I haven't gotten around to playing Transformers Devastation yet because it's sitting under my Christmas tree. Well, that's and nice. They didn't wrap it? Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? What, are they trying um, to torture you, Blue? They just put it under yeah, the tree and I didn't wrap it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it's, it hasn't been wrapped yet, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I said, oh, hey, uh, this is going to be on sale because my, you know, my family always, they, they always know to ask me what I want for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, hey, uh, hey, this is going to be on sale uh, during Black Friday. Oh, oh okay, I'll, I'll grab that. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I feel like no matter what I say, the possibility that Transformers Devastation could end up being my game of the year is, you know, it's sitting there. It's like, you know, just nagging at me in the pit of my stomach. But I I think for this period of time, I think I will go ahead and say Splatoon because it, it actually got me into a primarily online multiplayer focused shooter game. And generally, I avoid those, you know, I, I avoid, you know, Call of Duty and, you know, Halo and stuff like that. I, I only play the campaigns in those. But this, because of the fact that they didn't have, a, you know, voice chat, you know, for, you know, F word this, F word that, and 
all of the usual commentary that makes playing games online a living hell, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it wasn't there, I actually enjoyed it more. I, I think I only got one piece of hate mail, and that was sent through a friend request. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sent you hate mail? Sorry about that, Blue. Yeah. It was an off day for me. <laughs> I, th- I think I, I, uh, I was using one of the uh, sniper weapons, mm-hmm. and I tagged a guy like three or four times in the span of three minutes in one match. And he said something about, uh, go back to camping and call of duty or some, <laughs> some crap like that. And I took a picture of it and tweeted it on wow. Twitter. And I ended up getting like a hundred and something retweets on it. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Screw you. <laughs> in his defense, blue, you are pretty good. Cause I, I played you at least once or twice. And uh, well, thank yeah. you very much. So stop that. Yeah. So <laughs> there you be I, good at something. I'm on his side. Go back to call of duty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy a lot, but I enjoyed what I did buy so that's what kind of made it so mm-hmm. tough i mean splatoon didn't necessarily have a very strong single player campaign you know truth be told i kind of stalled out on it and i'm just like oh hey i'll just go play online or whatever and normally i i just you know i'm always campaign focused so for something like that to really grip me uh it was very surprising I, you know it's i bought a wii u for bayonetta 2 and splatoon and both of those games over-delivered. It's, you know, even though there isn't a ton of stuff that's exclusive to the Wii U, I still feel like I got my money's worth out of it. Very nice. Word. Peace. Cool. So <laughs> the next category that we had on the list here was uh, favorite portable game. Uh, now here I kind of did the same thing, and I, was, I, I thought I could get away with it last time by having two games that were sort of together. These, these kind of are not. I, and, and again, I, I can't really pick one, so I'll just try and spend half as much time on either one of them. Uh, the, the first one on my list is Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows. So not the main Shovel Knight campaign, because that wasn't this year, uh, but the Plague of Shadows free add-on where you play as Plague Knight. And uh, did, did any of you guys happen to try this out at all? I have not played Shovel Knight. Did not. Okay, Shovel Knight in and of itself is super, super awesome. Super Mega Man stuff. Uh, Plague of Shadows takes the entire game, and, and it sound. I'm going to say this, it's going to sound lame, but you can actually play through the entire game again as a different character. Uh, how, how, so the levels are the same. You actually play through the same levels. You know, you play as one of the bad guys, one of the villains, actually, who is kind of a, a gray area villain. He's kind of not you know, particularly friends with the other bad guys in the, uh, you know, in the Brady Bunch square that is Shovel Knight Mega Man. Like an uh, anti-hero? Kind of reminded or me he's... of uh, Proto Man from Mega Man 9. Kind of a little bit. It's a little less than that. He's mostly just kind of a little weird gremlin dude who, you know, he, he, uh, Plague Knight is the one who has the, the sort of cloak and he's wearing the, um, you know, the gas mask, the, uh, the old-timey um, medical mask, the one that kind of looks like uh, a, a bird beak. Um, <laughs> so, so the levels themselves are exactly the same levels and you actually get a, a new move set, a completely different move set. Uh, the character plays totally differently. Shovel Knight was a lot of, about the downward shovel, you know, kind of like Zelda 2 sort of downward bouncing on, on bad guys kind of thing and, and just generally kind of doing some traversal and, and you know, switching out to the in, in the style of Mega Man, the different kinds of uh, weapons that you pick up as, as you progress through the game. But this character has a whole completely different thing. His, his system is based on alchemy where you have different casings, different bomb casings that do different things. Some of them bounce some of them lob high up in the air, some of them uh, orbit around until they hit something, uh, and then an effect, a, a type of powder that you put into it, which might explode and, and spread to other, uh, you know, if you're in close proximity, um, some of them might drop fire that then spreads along the floor, some of them might do different things. 
And and uh, then you also have this burst thing that he does, like a special attack that can either let you jump up double high and float or, or just kind of do different things. And it's really disorienting at first. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. This isn't fun. I don't really understand how it's going. But then after the first level, you also find out that the story stuff in between the the missions, so it's done in sort of a Super Mario 3 map kind of thing. And in between the levels, there are little story elements and, you know, Plague Knight has his own little hideout underneath the town and he has minions and stuff like that and everyone's like, oh, hey boss, and, you know, he's got this plan that he's hatching to, you know, to be a, you know, the best of all of them. Um, and, and there's like a love story in it that is really cute and really adorable um, and just a lot i mean it it really got me um and there were a lot of great handheld games that were released this year a lot of great 3ds games a lot of great vita games but the one that i kept coming back to the one that gave me the chills when it needed to the one that made me laugh and chuckle and the one that made me go aw and maybe even get a little bit sniffly um was shovel knight plague of shadows a free update to the already excellent shovel knight um so uh, that was pretty awesome that they released that for free yeah, and I think there's even more. In fact, I didn't realize this at the time because I honestly I did not back this game when it was on Kickstarter. So, uh, but I guess they have actually laid out the I guess even the next other things that they're going to be doing. You know, the next content that they're going to be releasing. They've got the Shovel Knight Amiibo coming out, which uh, yeah. I am yeah. not into Amiibos. I think we've gone over that pretty well on this show before. <laughs> right. But uh, twice. But that Shovel Knight Amiibo, um, hmm, yeah, might uh oh uh oh yeah, might get me a Shovel Knight. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> yeah, I mean the only you know. <laughs> The thing is, it's so useless for anything else. Amiibo's just, bleh, whatever. But uh, anyway, Shovel Knight's cool. So uh, and then I, so that's, that's the one, Shovel Knight, which honestly was the first one that I put in. But I also wanted to add on here Axiom Verge, uh, which actually, you know what? This is in the handheld category, and it's not on handhelds yet. So I retract that uh, because I actually was playing it on PC now that I think of it. So I take that back. It will be out on PlayStation Vita. We'll talk about it next year. <laughs> Okay. Out. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Drop the mic. Boom. Drop mic. Yep. Portable game of the year canceled. Portable game of the year is. Yep. That's it. It's over. Done with. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have to explain. Uh, there's a little bit of subjectivity and a little bit of empathy that plays into my choice, which is uh, the Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky, second chapter. Uh, is my game of the it's. year. Yes, it is on uh, PC, but also uh, Vita and, uh, of course, PSP as well. So this is a game that's not going to appeal to people who don't like JRPGs. And even if you do like the sporadic one, uh, like our friend Shondola, uh, you still might dislike the whole loquaciousness of the game. Uh, Now, this is a game that just revels in dialogue. And because there's so much of it, Uh, At least I feel you really get a feel for these characters and and even NPCs, many of whom return from the first chapter. um, You you just get this sensation, unlike a lot of other games, that they are actual people with dreams, with aspirations. I mean, it's really touching. But this was a huge uh, localization effort and one that likely caused Exceed. Uh, they're the publisher to lose money. Uh, after all, the first title they announced uh, underperformed. Now, to put things in perspective, the text on the first title was 1.5 million Japanese characters. I don't think they announced the size, but is probably at least 50% larger than that, uh, oh, ma- making it triple, if not larger, uh, you know, quadruple the size of most JRPGs. Now, there's the gentleman from uh, Carpfulger. 
uh, who sank into serious depression as he felt himself growing increasingly behind schedule in the localization process. So this was something that definitely affected people, um, you know, physically had physical manifestations. But the thing was, they believed in the story, the project, the game. And I, I see why. Given the scope of the effort, you know, the end result is, is truly stunning. To me, it puts this crowning touch on, on a game that's filled with, uh, it's poignant, it's uh, just to me when I play it, you know, I'm filled with pleasure. I love the battle system. Uh, it bal- balances accessibility with maintaining long-term interest. And I really, like Jeremy, uh, the storyline does all the right things. It, it kind of recalls that upbeat tone of role-playing's golden age, you know, in the 90s, and I just really enjoy that, the the characters and everything about this game. So this was one of the games that continually put a smile on my face all uh, all through it, which was uh, probably close to 40 hours. Hopefully the the yes. third the third chapter makes its way um, stateside, but given I, I don't think um, that the Steam sales may be enough to uh, support localization, but I'd love, love, love to see it. Check it out if you're Ooh. into JRPGs. Word. And if you listen to the show, you probably are. Except yeah. if you're Jeremy. That's kind of kind of like a requirement, <laughs> isn't it? It's a requirement. Yes, it is. <laughs> Did you end up playing Corpse Party? Did it finally no. come out? No, oh, I, I, I oh, got God. so much no, shit. No, for... not Corpse Party. I'm already curling up into a into the fetal position. No, no, Corpse <laughs> Party was, was different. One of the things, I forgot what engine they used, but this one was 3D, and it was just, you know, it was a lot different from the previous entries. And mm. it was more suspense, Blue. It wasn't, I didn't see anything that was graphic or, you know, over the top, uh, anything like that. So it was very suspense-driven. Um, mm-hmm. How many waifus got killed? <laughs> I didn't see any. I saw some waifu in the closet action, but uh, that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> or she, she, she hid in the closet as a monster came by. So uh, that was about it. No, I wanted to play that uh, for some reason or another. I, I didn't, um, which was probably for the better, given how many games uh, you know reviewed over the last couple months. But I right. saw I saw the collector's edition on sale for like thirty seven, and hmm. my finger hovered over the purchase button, and <laughs> uh, another five dollars. I would have I would have pressed down on it. How how sad is that, that that you know if they're listening this is the review they're hearing is oh, I hovered over purchasing it but I just couldn't do it Box <laughs> uh, almost cheap ass son of a bitch <laughs> um I blue we have to skip to you because I did not play anything for the portable pretty much all year oh. I played some old um older DS games no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I played some older DS games. I played that Ghost Detective one again, and I played some Kirby, And I put, but I didn't do anything new because I don't have any of the newer portables. So I just... And I, I don't ever like playing uh, games on my, an, on my Android, really, because for one, the battery seems to run out way too fast. And for two, usually no if I'm... Usually, if I'm somewhere that I would be playing with my phone, I'm I'm out doing something, and it's not really like I don't do a lot of commuting on on the railway system. So it is now official. Our end of the year show is now a retro show. I guess it, it must be. Uh, that's that's it. What games did you like from ten years Nintendo ago? Sixty four now. <laughs> I really miss Super Mario Brothers on the Game Boy with those jumping vampires. That's Ma- what I miss. Mattel Football Two, my favorite all time. 
Greatest, greatest game ever. Oh. I think I've got some Tiger games around here. That I, <laughs> yes. I had that. I, had I, got, that a, I got the Sonic one. the Hedgehog Tiger game sitting in the other room. Do you guys remember the Paperboy, the like plastic? It had its own like handheld thing, and it was Paperboy, and it was shaped like a newspaper, and well, that was the that one. No. But I had the just the really basic cool. Tiger electronic shaped one. I was mm. big on those things when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, dude, those things were the best, and they were like indestructible. You could throw them at your sibling, and they'd be fine. The game, not your sibling. Who cares about your sibling? They were the leapfrogs <laughs> of the day. Yep, they were. So anyway, Blue, what's yours? Well, for me, I, I did not play that much on portables either. It's like everything that I seemed to sit down with was from, you know, 2014, 2013, stuff like that. But the, but the one game that really grabbed me on a portable this year was Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX for the mm-hmm. 3DS. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it just struck me in just the right mood or what but the this the game uses a super deformed chibi style kind of like some of those uh nendoroids that you Mm -hmm. see on twitter from time to time even has some of the costumes that you've seen on nendoroids as a matter of fact um it has super cute style the gameplay was a little bit different from what you see in the project eva f games yeah um and in addition to that and Excuse me. Um, in, in addition to that, it also had kind of a, kind of like the Diva Room from the Diva series, but it felt a little bit different. It felt like there was more you could do with it. You had you know the, each character from the game in their own room, and you could you know customize it with you know various items or whatever, and you could play reversey with them. And as simple as it was, sitting there. Playing reversey with one of the characters who, when you do a fantastic move in the game and like take like about 10 or, 10 or so pieces in one turn, will shoot you a death glare. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just, <laughs> for some reason, that just really seemed to appeal to me. It's like everything that game did from the soundtrack to the, so, you know, to the, you know, uh, the dating elements, if you will, or whatever they're called. Um, it just, it just worked for me. And the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal, I might add. Uh, you have a couple of songs that were in Project Diva F, and then it has a bunch that were from Project Mirai 1 and 2, which came out in Japan. And basically, DX was like a combination of the two. I- I'm not sure if everything from both games made it over, but you know, there was a lot from each game, including the intro videos. I mean, it's just one of those games that just struck my fancy at just the right time, and I I fell in love with it. Cool, that's cool. Blue, you have to play uh, Persona Four dancing all night. I've been meaning <laughs> to. I just haven't been doing much. I really much li- gameplay on. on the I beta, really liked M- Miku, and then I think it was two weeks, less than two weeks later, Persona Four came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, never look back. Yeah. Blue, you have to video yourself playing it and then show it to us. <laughs> so Deagle, I have a question about that because I actually have Persona 4 Dancing All Night and yes. I have Persona 4, but I've never played Persona 4. So what do I do? Do I? You, you go back, you play Persona 4. <laughs> okay. That's... Because you can play the rhythm games and, you know, you'll probably have a decent time, but there's a, there's a large storyline yeah. and there's a couple of returning characters and to to kind of understand what's going on, the nuance, you, you really need to play through that. Well, I think Persona 4 Golden might be on my list for 2016, maybe? 
You need to play that. That I, I, I can. That's gonna be your game of the year, twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be his game of the year, twenty twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Twenty nineteen. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I played Persona Three Portable on the v, uh, on the PSP, and to that point, uh, that was my favorite JRPG of all time, one of my favorite games ever. And then I played Persona Four Golden, and that 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 is an absolutely spectacular jrpg yep i still need to get that soundtrack i have the sound the first half of the soundtrack that they included uh back when the ps2 version came mm-hmm. out it's like they had one disc in the main retail version of the game itself and then another was like some sort of a special amazon exclusive bonus pack mm. something some sort of like extra merchandise set or whatever that you know, sold out almost immediately. So I, I, I don't think it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's uh, out there very much now. Yeah. yeah. Mobile game of the year, Jeremy. Uh, so here I, I am cheating a little bit again, and this time I double checked before I opened my app. Um, my my first answer and Angry Birds. The, yeah, exactly. Actually, <laughs> I. So I need to confess here that these are not the games that I have played the most on okay. mobile platforms this year. The game that I played the most continues to be Plants vs. Zombies 2. Uh, nobody's talking about it, and I'm not going to bring it up, but they have continued a pretty, just did. A pretty steady um, release of new plants, new stages. Uh, they've, they've really kept it going, and something about it, I don't know, it's just Plants vs. Zombies has always been pretty good. So did, did, I, you hit, uh, did you hit that wall I know that they made, but a lot of people were complaining that it's kind of pay to win, that you have to pay to progress? No, not really. I, I think it just depends on how much, how creative you can get with it. Um, okay. I, I have hit the wall where I've purchased everything that I can possibly purchase with in-game currency, so now the only things left to buy are real money real plants. Money stuff, yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, they've yeah, really got to make a buck, I guess. But uh, it, I don't feel that I am ever lacking for things to do. I mean, between the dailies that they, they do and they have this vase breaker thing, that they uh, or vase breaker, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that people really like. Tomato thrower. Yeah, exactly, and uh, <laughs> legumes. Um, but uh, then they've c- continued to add new stages, which you can generally unlock without having to pay for it, uh, as long as you yeah. progress to a certain point in any of the other you know, levels. So anyway, that was actually not on my list, but that's what I've been playing the most of. However, what was on my list for, the, for something that released this year that I really enjoyed uh, and liked the most was Pac-Man 256 uh, from Hipster Whale, the creators of Crossy Road, which, um, if you think of Crossy Road as Endless Frogger, right. okay, <laughs> with sort of an isometric 3D pixel, voxel, I guess is probably a better way to say it, mm-hmm. a voxelated uh, aesthetic. I think Pac-Man I don't th- like the name Hipster Whale. I don't really like it either. And actually, <laughs> oh, I was... a lot of I, crazy names in the last, like, two minutes of, uh, of this show. Yeah, Activision was already taken, I guess. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the Pac-Man 256 would be considered Endless Pac-Man. Um, mm-hmm. so if, and this is, uh, both of these games are, are free to play. So, uh, Pac-Man 256, you can go download from, uh, your favorite, uh, mobile platform of choice. Uh, but it, the, the whole idea is based on the reason why it's called Pac-Man 256 is because famously the 256th level of the arcade version of Pac-Man would glitch, glitch out. out and you'd get just garbage on the screen. It was sort of the, the kill screen thing, you know, from, uh, 
King of Kong, you know, who kill screen, who wants to see a kill screen? Um, although I'm not sure if that was even the game they were playing at the time, was it? That was Donkey Kong, I guess. Uh, but anyhow, the idea here is that Pac-Man must outrun this wall of, of garbage text or just glitchiness that is slowly consuming the level. Uh, but the level is endless, so you start heading north, uh, I guess, and randomly generated Pac-Man maps are there. Uh, there are new kinds of ghosts that have different sorts of behaviors. Uh, and then, of course, it wouldn't be a uh, hipster whale game if you didn't have just some crazy uh, uh, just random power-ups. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, just like all kinds of things. Uh, so you can... Um, uh, you, you know, the different ghosts have their certain behaviors, so they have them now where they'll group and kind of form little, uh, you know, phalanxes of, of blockage so that you can't mm-hmm. go certain ways. Uh, there are ghosts now that will, uh, they just go in a straight line once they see you, so if you get out of the way, they'll sweep right by you, but if you're in a really long mm-hmm. corridor, then you're pretty much out of luck. Um, you have a, a number of power-ups that you can get, like laser mouth, I guess. I'm not sure what they're actually called. I just give them... <laughs> I give them. I, I give want to see a name. doctor. So you, you can get, get laser have a mouth. case of that. Yeah. <laughs> Bad case of laser mouth. <laughs> right. uh, where for a few seconds you'll just emit this beam of like laser light that just explodes any ghosts in your way. There are tornadoes that you can send that are sort of semi sentient that'll that'll go ahead of you and sort of uh, uh, you know destroy ghosts. Um, there's a, a giant growth pill that you can take, uh, but it only if it lasts for longer than three hours, consult a physician. Um, the, uh, so a lot, lots of things like that and you can switch out if you've ever played any of uh, 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 in, in sure. fact I'm trying to remember if Hipster Will did anything other than um, than Crossy Road but anyway they'll, they'll usually let you swap out you can carry three uh, potential upgrades at any given time so there's a free to play element in that uh, if, you know, uh, if you want to power up uh, one of the one of the special abilities, there's a, a there's a timer for it. You have to pay coins for it. As you go through the Pac-Man mazes, you might pick up coins and you eventually spend those. You can view ads if you want to to accelerate that process. Mm. So they, they do have that, but I don't think it really affects the core game itself. Right. Um, you can play up to six. You get six special chances that you can use to, to play the... I guess you'd call it the premium sort of power-up version of the game, but you can play as many sort of regular Pac-Mans as you want without any of the special power-ups. So Pac-Man's. they, you know, it's, it's only as objectionable as you decide to go out of your way to, to find mm-hmm. it. So I did guess. You, did you ever play the championship edition DX? Oh on, man, on that mobile? game, that game. Oh, on mobile. That no, I did not. No, yeah, no, it just came out not that long ago on mobile. And it's a, it's a pretty respectable port. Is that right? I, oh. uh, I think I've, I've also said it on the show. I would love for that to be an arcade cabinet. Um, just yes. like a really <laughs> yeah, like, yeah pulsing audio like mega speakers that kind of thing i'd love for that to be a pac-man experience to have uh but yeah pac-man 256 uh special shout outs for my mobile uh game to tales from the borderlands uh this year marked the first time i actually got a uh got a tablet of my own now so i you know play the games on the tablet uh this is a uh samsung galaxy tab a so i think it's a Mm -hmm. lower tier all right. Lower tier thing, but I won it at Lollapalooza, so uh, it's it's the best tablet. <laughs> you hipster whale, you. I I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, Tales from the Borderlands uh, is possibly the best Telltale game I think that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Telltale tool is still crap as it ever was, but the writing in Tales from the Borderlands, the wait the tale. Telltale what is crap? Tell, the Telltale tool. So the engine, the game engine that oh, Telltale yeah. uses okay. is the Telltale tool. The tech. Uh, 
Yeah. A tech, the telltale uses a lot of telltale teeth. tool. Say, uh, say that five times. It's twisted. <laughs> it's trash. Twisted and terrible. Um, twisted t- telltale tech tools. Totally tubular. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I would highly recommend that you uh, at least try the first free episode of Tales from the Borderlands at this point on whatever platform. That, that game is on all kinds of platforms now, and I'm pretty sure the first episode is free now on all of them. Um, in fact, if you are listening to this podcast by the time we hit the... Sp- oh, I, I'm pretty sure it's on sale for like three bucks if you're a PlayStation Plus member uh, over at the PlayStation Store. So, so hopefully this podcast is published in a timely uh, putting pressure on me, Jeremy. Yes, you got to do it. You got to do <laughs> it. Stress now. level um, going up. But but if not, if not, look. You know, I'm sure it'll. You know, Telltale Games, whatever. Look, look for it again later. But uh, it it was probably the best like first half hour of a game. Like they just in, in the in the way that Borderlands kind of has that um, that f yeah. You know, it, it kind of every once in a while just is like yeah, this is awesome. Uh, they did a really good job synthesizing that feeling and that sort of tongue-in-cheek writing, especially of Borderlands 2, um, into that narrative, you know, interactive fiction style, uh, making good choices, feeling like, yeah, I, I, I really felt with this game like I was making the best possible choice. I felt like I was, I was choosing the narrative as God intended it. Um, and there were some really good, funny moments. Uh, um, and I, I played the whole, the whole season of Tales from the Borderlands. I hope it gets a second season. Uh, it was it was really good. So you can play it on mobile. So therefore, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> the end. It counts. It counts. So I uh, one of the things I played was Geometry Wars. What was it three? Uh, both on iOS oh, nice. and Android. And I approached that with a healthy amount of skepticism, thinking a twin stick shooter really isn't going to work because I, I'm not coordinated with a, the thumbs on the virtual pads. And that one, it has an option to auto-shoot, and that becomes pure bliss. I actually get a little bit higher scores on that than I did on console. And so that one uh, is really worth checking out. But let me get to my main uh, my main affection right here. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to be attracted by looks alone, by being superficial? Mm-hmm. To be attracted... No, I think no. you have to have a hook somewhere. Okay. And if it's, if it's going to look good, you might as well. That might as well yeah. be your thing. So let me tell you about Game of Dice, uh, which basically could be <laughs> boiled down to Monopoly with um, Takihito Harada-style art. Uh, maybe Sojima. He's the uh, Atlas artist responsible for the uh, Persona series. And uh, I think he also did Catherine. So basically, you roll dice with other players. You move around a board. You buy properties. It's all Monopoly. But what is amazing is just the art style. Uh, it just looks gorgeous. Um, and it's also incredibly streamlined. So most games can be can be completed in less than 10 minutes. And uh, what's interesting, if you, try, if you try to multitask, the game even plays for you. So it just goes in this <laughs> auto mode. Um, so th- that description just talks about the ga- base game, which is good. But it's all about the perks, um, which bring Game of Dice ahead of its peers. So basically, you get rewarded for everything you do. And with those rewards, you can do things like you buy new characters that travel around the board. And they're all expertly animated. And yes, there are, you know, some lollies. There's some kind of creepy guys. All <laughs> yeah. Kinds of st- all, yeah, all kinds of things with these, you know, large uh, old Victorian-style hats. And, um, you know, they play guitars. There's a magician who pulls rabbits out of hats. Really cute. Uh, you can buy custom dice. And so dice, they use this, it's like a, the Madden kick meter where you hold down the button and, and then you let go. 
And what's interesting is the better dice will give you a bit of bit of control over your rolls. Um, and so you can go towards, you know, the closer end, the, the farther end. And there's always, you know, numbers on the board that show what you want to hit. Um, you get you get a constant stream of perks for checking in. Uh, and this, you know, you get this constant supply of in-game mail that has rewards. And this isn't a carrot on a stick approach. To me, it's like a whole grocery store dangling in front of you, throwing food as fast as you can catch it. So, I mean, it's just, you go to the main screen, there's like, you know, different characters that are coming in, you know, money's coming in, you get, you know, perks for checking in each and every day. And above that, it just looks <clears throat> absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the main uh, video, uh, except for the music, they almost use like public domain music for for it. But they have a whole uh, animated opening. It's just gorgeous. So check it out. Uh, play with me. I am tech gaming uh, on Android, which I picked I... up a new uh, Nvidia, um, the Shield tablet, just uh, oh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, good. So be playing that. Uh, well, I think well. I'm going to download it. It looks like it is uh, pretty free, so I'm yeah. down to try it. <laughs> so ge- and, game, uh, game joy, um, a Korean firm, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just really fun. Like for me, sometimes I'm you know kind of stressed at the end of the day, and I just want something simple. And here's a little game of Monopoly that continually rewards you and just pats you on the head for everything that you do. Even losing <laughs> it doesn't feel horrible. Nobody no, says go back winners. to go back to Call of Duty. So, uh, so just a couple questions. So you mentioned yeah. the other players, and and obviously, so there's yeah. apparently a, it's like a real time multiplayer. I mean, yeah, it yeah. has to be right. Yeah, it's it's real time, and as I mentioned, if you're screwing around and you take your sweet time, then it auto automatically okay. rolls for you. Is there a solo play mode? I mean, you, can you play there against is. this there, cast of crazy characters? Yeah, yeah there is. Uh, it's hidden in there under practice mode. I think there's a solo, and then you can play uh, just single people online. You can set friend lists. You can join a guild. It, it's so <laughs> damn complicated. It, it's pretty amazing, um, hmm. all the stuff that they put in there. How about that? It looks like it's pretty highly rated. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. if it's good enough for Robert Desert Eagle Allen on his Game of the Year. <laughs> the one thing I would like to see is different boards because the boards themselves are just kind of placards, um, you know, that have different cities around the world. And it's kind of this vaguely like a figure eight with two pathways. One is like a bad pathway and then there's a good. And I'd like to see a little bit more boards. And then there's this ox where if you land on the ox, he gets the color of the winner, and he does these kind of muscle poses um, on the corner of the board for, for no apparent reason, just because does of the it, box. Yeah. Does it feel overly like placating the fact that it will do things for you if you're not paying? I mean, I understand well, the practical reason for yeah. that, but... No, no, you really have to be, you know, screwing off to, to do that. If you're, you know, somewhat engaged, <laughs> if you're watching the screen, you'll see, you know, something come up and it'll tell you it's your turn. And so it's not like, got it. yeah, you have to be, you know, taking a dump or, or, or something. <laughs> well, why couldn't you? Yeah, I guess you you're could. taking a dump. Yeah, I feel like that's easy. <laughs> be right back, everybody. I've got an urgent dump. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yes, $10 billion. <laughs> what's, what's he doing there? So, yeah. So, that's my game yeah. of the year. So, add me and we'll play some Game of Dice. Yeah, super. Cool. Um, I, again, the mobile thing for me is that usually when I'm out, I'm not. Pit boy. I'm not in a situation, right? Right. I'm pit boying or nothing. Um, but no, but there were, <laughs> there were some games that came out this year that I thought were definitely worth playing that I looked into briefly and maybe didn't spend a lot of time playing. So I guess they could get my honorable mentions, not my game of the year. Um, World of Goo and Limbo both came out for the droid. I mean, they've been out for PC for forever, but I 
love both of those games. I think the mood in them, it to, to me, they're great. I mean, it's right up my alley. The Limbo is a bit more creepy. World of Goo is more playful. But they both have that sort of, there's something sinister lurking in the background and you don't know what it is. I love that aesthetic. Um, so having them on your phone, I think, is a really cool thing. And they're both only like three or four bucks, so they're really not very much money um there's a really cool game called monument valley that came out oh, it's yeah. like an mc yeah. escher looking puzzler and it's super pretty and um it's again it's like three or four bucks um framed framed i didn't get to play yet but i saw mixed reviews on it it's a film noir comic book style visual choose your own adventure so you're moving comic book looking panels into place and how you lay the panels down changes how the story goes and then it will play out like actually there'll be a little short thing where it plays out sort of how you've pieced the story together i like that idea a lot and i like film noir a lot i've heard um some people have said they really like it and some people have said they think it doesn't quite work right and it's a little uh, janky in terms of the story developing, but it looks like it could be really cool. You're um, into noir. There was one called about half the. Games I am into noir. You, you mentioned have I know. Noir. I know. I'm into that element. If it's if it's horror or it's cre- German expressionism, be sinister. Not that far. <laughs> Some dude in a trench coat and fedora. <laughs> yes, that always German expressionism. Maybe not as much. Which with you in the German today, Robert? It's because your Skype was programmed in German, and now yes. you're all German fixated. <laughs> Um, yeah. Did any of you guys see Split? Which was it's spelled S P L dash T, and it's like a really minimalist game where you're you're splitting blocks into you're drawing vertical and horizontal lines to split blocks into smaller blocks, and then if enough smaller blocks are the same size and line up, they'll disappear, kind of like Tetris. So it's sort of like Tetris, but the other way, like you're making the little blocks, mm-hmm. and then eventually they disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one I saw that I thought would be really interesting that I also have not gotten a chance to play it was uh dry lands which is three dollars and to me it looks like fallout for me or any of the fallout games meets metal slug you're like in a post-apocalyptic world but you're your metal slug style jumping around and shooting and shit and it looks pretty cool i haven't played it yet so it might be not great but it looks pretty cool um what is that for ios yeah it's called dry lands uh, it is for iOS, yep. So those are my my honorable mentions. Um, and anything else that anyone out there can find that's noir, you should let me know because obviously I'll like it. <laughs> Trench coat time. Trench coat time. That should Trench be... Oh, I found... They have... I forgot to mention lines. What's lines? Lines what is, is this really kind of simple game, pattern, like a shoestring kind of crazy pattern there. And you have a couple of AI points on there. And as soon as you put down all your points, those colors kind of expand along this maze-like interior and you have to control more of the area than the others and Mm. every time you play it 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 plays out somewhat different Mm. and so you have to kind of look and predict at where the colors are going to follow and expand and control you know control terrier territory it's real simple but but very very cool idea that's That's pretty cool board I didn't play anything on mobile this year, so that's my game of the year, everybody. You know, I, I do want to say I am sort of on the lookout for cool mobile stuff. I, I, I had really felt like by now that we would have a lot more crossover between mobile and other platforms. I mean, it kind of has – whenever I'm looking at the, you know, the top games, it's usually like some card-battling type game, which is probably really easy to produce. You just need some art. Or, you know, one of those invade other people's towns kind of games. I just don't seem to come across a lot of really cool mobile games that I really can fall in love with. And I want that. I want to have that love. 
Yeah. And um, so I, I don't know. I mean, Blue, I, I would say that you're probably not missing out on a heck of a lot right now. But um, yeah, Jer- I don't, I don't Jeremy, know. Popular Mechanics, um, the website has a list that's you know, top, I think it's 50 plus mobile games or something. Cause as I was prepping for this, I was looking around at different websites. Um, and they had a nice list of mobile games that were not any of the like card playing kind of, it was all, if, if you want, I'll like send the you the obvious. website after. I remember when Popular Mechanics was about like rockets and hot rods. I know, right? Not about the best apps. I know. What the hell happened? Shifting gears um, on your mountain bike. The world <laughs> yeah. is different. Right. Yeah, but anyway, they have a nice list of uh, mobile games that range from free to pretty inexpensive that are all over the place that are, um, there's, there's something for the, everyone, for the whole family. Nice. Strip poker. Not that. That's You don't need your mobile phone for that. You just play strip poker. <laughs> Wait, what? Unless you're playing what? solo. Just With escalated that a little bit. Trench goes. <laughs> yeah. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so... <laughs> Let's move on then. Yes. So uh, the next category that we have on the outline here is uh, for our, our vote for the best advancement or technological achievement yeah. in 2015. Uh, uh, and it's, it's tough. It's kind of tough sometimes to separate the games from the technology... Uh, uh, but there are always things worth getting excited for, uh, especially uh, That's why I put you know, on the cusp on of... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, again, put a, put a couple things on this. One, I'll just get out of the way really quickly. The new Nintendo 3DS. Um, I feel like that platform, even though it's getting pretty long in the tooth, it's probably not long for this world at this point. Um, I, I had Aww. the OG. Yeah, it's it's, you know... I mean, you know... With the, the Nintendo NX coming out, uh, I think that it is probably going to m- meld the, the handheld and the, and the console stuff together. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of that stuff is going to carry over. I, I wonder if Nintendo is going to have to, uh, I don't know, maybe they're going to have to reboot everything. I don't know. I'm sure they'll have some stuff carry over. But, Did but, you see the controller patents that came out a day or two ago? No, Basically, it's like you have a standard controller, but the face of the controller has like a stick or maybe a stick on each side mm-hmm. and then it's a touch screen complete with like showing what's going on with the game it's like some sort of like a hybrid between like a mobile phone a game controller and like maybe the, like like the wii u gamepad so how, how is some... that different from the wii u gamepad because it's like if i understand it correctly and of course it's a pa- you know it's a patent it's still not like the final product or anything but it's like the left stick just kind of acts like movement or whatever but the right stick could be like quick flicks to replace like button presses. Like if you like move a stick down, it could be like the equivalent of a B button, or you could. I don't know. Like a B button on the touch screen. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be really interesting to see how the NX turns out. So we're we're on the Mario cost technologically. I see how it's different. The con- the whole front of the controller is a display panel, and the controls are coming out of the display. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you have the visual overlay on your mobile phone of like controls that aren't actually there, only the controls will actually be there. I don't know how I feel about that, especially if you have Robert's hands. Yeah, you won't so be able to be see half hard the to game. See the screen? All right. Well, if I have Robert's hands, what's he using? <laughs> <laughs> your hands. So uh, sit, sitting down with, with game technology, uh, the, the one that I consistently appreciated in, in my own face was it literally in my own face uh was the new yeah. nintendo 3ds eye tracking feature for 3d um oh, i know yeah. that 
uh, a lot of folks will turn off the 3D or they'll say, oh, it's not important to me and I'm just using this like a regular DS. But you guys know, I'm into the stereo 3D. I'm into all of the little interface changes that bring us closer to our games and make them, you know, synthesize them a little bit more into our life. So I, I've always been a proponent of 3D, uh, not just on 3DS, but when Sony was doing it with the, the, well, when all kinds of people were doing it with 3D TVs. Um, so that is a really cool technology. And uh, I mean, it's not perfect all the time, but it is far and away better. I've noticed it too. Every once in a while I get like a little, I'll yeah, get a little I, I tried flicker. It out at a- GameStop. Yeah, as it tries to find your eyes, but it works in the darkness. It works in you know pretty good light. It works at a pretty decent distance, mm-hmm. uh, and it just really makes that 3D component. I mean, that that's just it's just really cool that they would want to at, at this year and you know the year of our Lord 2015. <laughs> they decided that they wanted to bolster the 3D technology by adding eye tracking. I just think that's really neat and uh, to- totally worth it in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I tried it at a GameStop uh, once back when they were just coming out. I played that thing for maybe five minutes, but I was blown about, uh, blown away by it. It's completely night and day difference between that and the old 3DS. Yeah, just just on the on the old one. I mean, you were constantly having to find that sweet spot where you weren't seeing double. And uh, yeah. I mean, it was it, it was almost like a futile effort. I just usually turn the 3D off yeah, because of yeah. that. So it, it definitely well, makes a difference. And I like that it has the. I don't understand what the new model why you have to dismantle it to for the SD card. Yeah, you that's know a, that that's uh, kind of a pain in the ass. I was really angry about that, and I, I was like, we're not going to forget this, Nintendo. We're not going to forget that you don't include a power adapter with this, and that in order to upgrade your oh, you know, thing, right. you have to do all of this crazy stuff and get a special, you know, and all of that. <laughs> um, and, of course, I eventually did, but I still think that, that, was, that those parts of that platform were really terrible. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I, I untold number, well, not untold, I mean, three, three or four people anyway, uh, losing, you know, like Monster Hunter Progress, and that's that's what I meant to say. Losing untold amounts of, of progress when that transfer didn't, you know, because the other thing was the transfer. You couldn't. Uh, it used a new kind of memory card. You couldn't use yeah. the standard SD. You have to mm. use a micro SD. So if you weren't using a micro with an adapter on your old one, in fact, I think even if you were, you had to go through this whole transfer process. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was bad. But the the eye tracking technology for the 3D was super cool. The Nvidia tablet doesn't come with an adapter either. Really? What's yeah. with that? Mm. Well, they, they f- figure they can drop the MSRP, and if you you know have one laying around, you can use that for a real you know slow trickle charge. Otherwise, you'll spend thirty bucks. Yeah, it's pretty because hard. they they dropped oh, the uh, standard USB. Yeah, micro USB, but they dropped the price from three hundred to two hundred. So, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I can do all that. <laughs> So then my other, I'll just go ahead and, and say my other one as well. Uh, my, my next technology that I really feel has uh, done us a, a good service in 2015 is game streaming, but not in, the, not in the Twitch.tv sense. I mean, that's getting bigger, I think, every year. But the way I mean it is in the way that uh, PlayStation Now and Remote Play and Steam Link and Microsoft is doing an Xbox, uh, Xbox One to Windows 10 uh, you know, screen streaming type thing. And I find that to be really cool. Um, ju- just the fact that you can have your hardware in one place, but where you are sitting and enjoying your games can be elsewhere in the house, elsewhere in the world. Um, doesn't, yeah. doesn't always work perfectly, so it's not a 100% bulletproof technology, but... Um, I, I think this year, you know, with the you know PlayStation Now came out of beta, and it works. I mean, there may be arguments against it. Maybe the price isn't what you want it to be, but having an a la carte way to experience all of those games with no impact on your hard drive, it does impact your, your bandwidth, but, um, you know, the... Um, 
remote play and, uh, uh, you know, that got an upgrade this year from Sony. They patched in, you know, 60 frame per second uh, updates to the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. So, you know, you would get your remote play feature pretty much as as crisp and cool as it could possibly be. Uh, they've added uh, requests to view. I mean, I guess that goes back more to the Twitch stuff, but on PlayStation 4, if someone is playing something and you want to watch, you can send over requests to view. Uh, the game sharing thing, the share play function uh, is really cool, and I did try that a little bit earlier uh, this year with Bloodborne. In fact, I think I mentioned the ultimate final form of Bloodborne is to invite a friend to play your character that you worked so hard on um, to play remotely, and, uh, you know, survive the, you know, whatever input lag there might be and the fact that they don't, you know, just watching oh, your God. character in someone else's hands, that's got to be the, the best that way to That sounds awful. Um, Finger on the then, power button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, so then Steam Link also came out just a little bit earlier, and I haven't tried this, but I'm really looking forward to it because in my household, PC tends to get a little bit of short shrift just because it's so much more comfortable on my couch. Um, but I am really looking forward to plugging in a Steam Link into my television and being able to play my PC games on my couch. Um, I haven't yet tried the Windows 10 Xbox One. That goes the other way, so the uh, Xbox streams to your... Or no, am I doing that backwards? No, that's no, right. You got that's that right. right. Yeah. So Xbox One streams to your PC, and I think that's out now. Actually, I haven't tried that right. either. But um, just just the idea that you you know, and in fact, <clears throat> when when a, a platform does not have the capability to do this, so there have been several times when, in fact, I tried out Google or not Google, but uh, uh, Smart Glass, the Microsoft Smart Glass, yeah. thinking that it might have some sort of remote play thing, and it does not, and I was super disappointed. <laughs> Dumb glass. Uh, yeah, dumb. <laughs> what are you good for, God? <laughs> so dumb. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then I really wanted, I've really been looking forward or hoping or praying for uh, the, the Steam app to do some kind of streaming. I've really been experimenting this year with trying to get my desktop PC to go to my, you know, the, the aforementioned tablet that I've been dinking around with mm-hmm. um, and wanting to play like a 4X game, you know, Endless Legend mm-hmm. or Civilization right. or something like that. And I'm thinking it's so simple. Look, everybody's doing it. It's, it's, it's no big deal now. Uh, and they don't. And when you don't have that, it really disappoints me. So, well, I, I would suggest getting one of those, uh, like the Asus uh, X205, like really cheap netbook, mm-hmm. putting Steam on that. And then you can stream it. Yeah, and so Steam now has that built in, and I yeah. think that was this year as well. Is and it, have- I, it may even be uh, longer than a year, but yeah, it's seamless and it, it just works. Uh, and the it works other thing well. I was going to uh, mention was the Shield. I have the old Shield as well. They were one of the first ones to do it, but they did have a, a fairly high hardware requirement where you need a certain amount of bandwidth and, I forgot, a GTX card of like a... yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it 700 is seven hundred or more. Yeah. Yeah, that technology is commoditizing, as they say. Yeah. I mean, it's getting a, a little more populous or popular, I guess. Yep. Or how would you say that? It's, it's more available to the masses, and mm-hmm. um, I am really looking forward to the proliferation of that in the coming years. But this year, it was really something that was important to me. So, yeah. didn't uh, Square Enix also re- also release uh, Final Fantasy thirteen in Japan? But it streams straight to your phone, so it was like the console or PC version. But in the palm of your hands, kind of like you're playing it on PlayStation now. Oh, that sounds cool. I didn't hear about that, but I, I don't believe- know if it ever came out here. But I, I, that's all the I bandwidth need- that eats up. Oh boy! Sponsored yeah. by SoftBank. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, achievement, a little bit different, not uh, technology based, but one of the things I got excited about uh, is Idea Factory and Arc System Works. They are embracing the PC, and that was one thing. But when NIS said that this guy was headed to PC. I just about flipped my shit. Now, granted, 
Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy saw it's a 12 year old game that ran beautifully on the PSP, <laughs> but just the prospect of being able to minimize an Excel spreadsheet and have Floral and Etna, you know, unite for a team attack, that has me giddy. So, uh, more importantly, I think this shows that Japanese developers are finally warming up to the PC beyond uh, visual novels. Really? Yeah, I, I think I just heard something about Melty Blood. The uh, fighting game coming to the Steam. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're seeing all these all these games uh, coming this way, and for the most part, they're you know pretty decent ports, except for Tecmokoi. <laughs> I, I was going to say we might we might end up talking about this later, but this is one of those circumstances where the spirit may now be willing, but I think the flesh is still. Uh, from what weak. I've heard about this guy, it is highly highly optimized, and uh, yeah, so they're not hmm. putting it out until it's until it's ready ready to go. Yeah. And I just, I just mean in general. I mean that that's you know, although you're correct, and it is cool that more of those mm-hmm. publishers are open to PC publishing. Uh, the track record, I don't know, has really, has really been there. Idea quite yet, Factory so. has been, um, yeah, they kind of had a misstep with the first uh, Neptunia, but since then, every game has really uh, ran well. And I've r- ran uh, each of those on um, on kind of you know mid range laptops, even some without a GPU. And they've ran really well, you know, far better than the... Uh, I was just thinking about, like, the Dark Souls and, the, you know, some modder has to, has to patch right. in graphics and, yeah. you know... <laughs> Those, 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 those are the settings now. That's that's the that's the joke that I make is that uh, you know the, the the ports that are coming from Japan they have uh, user definable settings like low, medium, high, moder fixed it for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which also happened with Final Fantasy Thirteen on PC. <laughs> um, I. I like two things. I like one that I've seen a lot of plans in the works for little drones being used um, for augmented reality. And I like the idea that you would take something that has developed a negative connotation because of the use of bigger drones uh, and that there would be so much moving forward with, oh, we're going to make these little drones and use them for filmmaking and use them for augmented reality and use them for... So I I haven't seen any that are solidly set up yet, but I have seen a lot of plans in the works um, that people are trying to use it for that. And just on a... I don't know. It's just nice to see technology used for good things when it's also been used for bad things. But the big thing I'm super excited about, which I'm sure none of you... I'd, l- I'd like to see a drone with a airsoft <laughs> grafted onto it where you could have like airsoft battles. That would battles. be awesome. That would be dogfighting like legit. <laughs> <That'd> be kind of <laughs> cool. So speaking of dogfighting, the thing I'm super, super excited about is all things virtual reality, all of them, because I love that, you know, two years ago, Oculus Rift was doing it and everyone was like, meh. I love that it has engendered this whole push from all different companies to try to create their own virtual reality headset because it, it forces them all to try to do it better and better. And I think what we'll get out of it is a few different versions that really are excellent versions of virtual reality. Um I think that the Oculus Rift is still one of the very... I think it's still the best one. I mean, I tried, I think, six different ones at E3 this year, and the Rift just has the most... You real, there's, no, there's no lag, there's no glitching, there's no... Even the, uh, even the Polish pizza box. Even the Polish pizza one. box. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. The, yeah that was continually the, blurry. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a drunk simulator. Drunk si- there yeah. was the Asian one, which I think was called Ant VR. It was a Chinese company. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, that was he, sketchy. That one was horrifying. Like, it actually worked okay for, they had a couple horror simulations. They they put you in a room and didn't tell you a that what? they were going to be filming you. So, there, yeah, so there's probably some Chinese video somewhere of me, like, testing out this headset on my head. But the way they did it, like, the Oculus, you're sitting down, which I think is, um, or you can be in one of those, like, CyberTech has a stand, a harness that you're hooked into. That's good, so you don't fall down. And VR is a little dodgier because they put these little stickers on the floor. And there's a sensor on the headpiece yeah. that senses where the stickers are and puts a wall up in the room that you're in. But it's cohesive with the, with the layout. So it lays the room out that you're quote-unquote standing in in accordance with where these little dots are. So the idea is if you set the dots up correctly in your room, you're not going to trip over an ottoman or something. But, I mean, come on. Like somebody's going to forget that they left a table, you know, in the middle of their walk-around space <laughs> and they're going to fall over it and die. Or your dog. Or your friends are going to put traps. <laughs> yeah, or, or that. So Glass bottles. I don't know that I think that works. And they didn't like it very much <laughs> when I said to them, I don't know that this is the best idea. They were like, meh. <laughs> I was like, well, you wanted <laughs> feedback. Like, that's Thank my you. feedback. But the other thing that was terrifying is they had – a couple of horror simulations that were great, and then they had a couple of like rooms that you could walk around in that weren't super well designed. They had some historical stuff that was neat, like you'd be standing in the middle of two ships fighting or something, which is cool because you get to see something from an angle you would not normally be at. But then they had one that was this girl in the air that was like it was a neon genesis evangelion looking room with white tiled floor and a weird logo in the background and there was just this random anime girl in the middle of the air in the middle of the room dancing to this weird techno music and it was so jarring that that was Did she have a skirt on she you could see up her skirt in case that's what you're about to oh. ask robert well yeah well, <laughs> no there's no, the point all no. the pansu there's the point <laughs> I know, I get that, but it was just the the hyper-fast techno music to this girl with this plastered happy face, and you being able to see up her skirt was was scary. It was not enjoyable. Killer app. Yeah, so I don't know (laughs) if I loved their version, but like Sony's version looks really solid. Uh, HTC is doing a version for Steam called the Vive, um, which is supposed to come out... I saw that it was supposed to come out at the end of this year, but my guess is that probably they're going to push that back. Um, Samsung, I like that there's some that are doing phone ones, so Samsung has the Gear, which is basically Oculus's version for your Samsung phone. Um, there's one called the Zeiss, which is another phone. <laughs> I tried the suck. Gear. I know, they do kind of suck. What, Robert? Yeah, I tried the Gear. Did you, did you like it? No, not particularly. Yeah. I used one of those. I thought it was all right. I mean, I, I am not, I'm not convinced from my usage of it, because actually it was, this is my second mention of Lollapalooza, but they actually, Samsung is a uh, sponsor at Lollapalooza, so they usually have, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, tents and stuff set up. I, I can't remember if I talked about this with you guys before, but mm-hmm. they had a, um, like a 3D camera, because it was when Metallica was on stage, and they had a 3D camera set up right at the, at the base of the, you know, the where the performers were and they're like oh put one of these on and i was like oh okay and since the since your phone is in there and it's got accelerometers uh it, you know it obviously it knows where you're looking around but they basically put you right on the stage there and you can actually see the performance and listen yeah. to it uh live the you know the 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 other things that i saw were also like pre-rendered videos so they did mm-hmm. like a sharky kind of thing where you know that you're just looking around and you you know you could look in 360 by 360 you know pretty much all around you in a, in a sphere, uh, but there wasn't a lot of interactivity. So I haven't really seen right. a lot of the, the game software for it, but mm-hmm. uh, again, phones being, you know, advancing as they are, uh, I mean, it's basically, uh, r- really what the, the way that works is it's just, 
it takes your phone and it just splits it into you know one for each eye so that you get the 3D effect, and then but you're it, just running game software. But it doesn't quite work as well. Like I tried the Google Cardboard the other night, and it. <laughs> So I tried it with a couple different phones because it's obviously not the cardboard's fault. I tried it with a couple different <laughs> phones, and it really doesn't like it hurt. It actually hurt my vision. None of the other headsets I've tried have have affected me. Like when I take them off, I can see just fine. I don't have any problem. But this one somehow the flicker rate on all these different phones I used was it it couldn't figure out how to line it up. So basically, one eye I think was flicking faster than the other eye. So when you took oh, it God. off. You felt kind of sick, like if you'd been looking through two different prescription lenses. So I think some of the sponsored by Twitch. Yeah, right. So I think the problem with the cell phone is that because you can't—I mean, it has all the gyroscopics and orientation in it already, but it's not really designed to have the sophistication of the dual screen thing the way that the pre-built headsets are. Yeah, for sure. That would be my concern with that. Um, but I there's a couple that are doing them differently. Like um, Evagant has the Glyph. And it's um, it looks like the thing Jordy wears from Star Trek. It's got like <laughs> a it's got like a band that goes in front of your eyes, and instead of being the the bigger display technology, it's really really slim, and it has um, I think it's twelve eighty by seven twenty screens in front of each eye, and so and it's a micro mirror array, which supposedly is better for anybody who gets motion sick uh, or eye fatigue from the other things. I haven't tried it. It's supposed to be okay. And the Vove does uh, that eye tracking thing. It tried the Vove. I almost Kickstarter backed them, but I didn't have enough time to get into it before the, it ended. But the Vove does the eye tracking thing, and it's really sophisticated. I mean, you put it on, and it and it does a calibration for your eyes. And then the way it works is you it directs whatever you're doing towards where you're looking. So if you're shooting things, it just shoots wherever you move your eyes when you move and blink. Um, which is pretty cool, but then they're also using it for kids with with vision problems that can be trained that can be trained correctively to be fixed. So it allows them to like monitor how they're looking, where they're looking, and then they can like help them figure out how to train their vision to correct it. Which is it's really cool. I mean, I like that you would have some VR headsets that give you the possibility of actually serving people in a non gaming capacity. Yeah, I, uh, I actually had an opportunity to use a Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, oh, cool. I didn't get to do with that one. Did you like it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's um, it, it, the, the neat thing about that, and I believe this is also true of the, the Vive, the, the HT, is it? Is that HTC and Valve yeah. doing that together? Yep. Uh, the thing about those is that they are not only a display, not only the, the gyroscopes and accelerometers that know which way you're looking, but they're also positionally aware in their mm-hmm. environment. So if you take a step, it knows, like, oh, you, you moved over, so let's Let's shift everything over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it does that. And the thing about the HoloLens, the best way that I can really describe it is that it's basically a, a Windows PC that's, you know, the form of yeah, a headset. Exactly. Just, and, exactly. And so everything is uh, projected on this on this visor in front of you. The thing about it, though, the, the vision, the field of vision is really limited because even though you have that, that glass or that plastic display over your whole face, uh, it, the, the viewable area is only about the size of maybe like a playing card, something like mm-hmm. that, which, you know... It, it's it's really more AR kind of like than VR, right? Oh, it's absolutely more AR than VR. Sorry, yeah. what was that? Uh, it kind of breaks the... Uh, yeah, yeah, like if you look, if you glance with your eyeballs a little bit too far to one side or the other. I understand, and this is pre-release. In fact, it's even pre-developer kit version. Mm-hmm. So they, I believe, 
they're working on expanding that uh, that display area but uh, but it's cool it uh, it recognizes your gestures the gestures of your hands out in front of you so you can do clicks and it knows where you're looking so you you know obviously you have cursors that uh, you know uh, uh, as you tilt your head or whatever and it's constantly so you mentioned the other thing where you have the, the dot sensors to kind of see what's in the mm-hmm. room uh, this thing and I don't know how it does it I don't know if it does it with sonar or cameras or what but it also is out. Like I said, it's positionally aware in the room, so it will be aware of pretty much any surface. And and you know, it's constantly scanning, so it sort of revises. Like if there's a couch in front of you or something, it may not get it perfect, but after a few moments, it sort of learns that environment. So if you use it over and over again in the same environment, it sort of knows the layout of the room. Um, and, and so, it, which isn't a problem if you're looking out of a piece of clear plastic. But the cool thing is that it can then overlay stuff onto those surfaces. So right. the reason I brought this up is because you mentioned that there's maybe some non-gaming application for this. And actually, Microsoft is really pushing this hard. So I, I went they, to they are. part of a developer thing. And what they want is they want practical. I mean, they, they're using it for games, and their demonstration is like a little you know game thing where robots start coming out of the walls and stuff. Right. So it maps the walls so it knows where or, is the wall. Or and, Minecraft, I think, was a- yeah, Minecraft yeah. is another one that they do. Um, but they are trying to, you know, they talked about uh, cabineters who would, you know, go into an empty space and say, okay, well, we're going to put this cabinet demo here, and this is what, you know, this is going to look like this, and that'll look like that, and let somebody wear it and see, like, oh, yeah, I like this, but I want this different color or something. So they are really trying to do it from an engineering standpoint, from a medical standpoint, from a, you know, more practical type thing. Which I think is really cool, and but fortunately or unfortunately, the fact that professionals in, like, engineering or medicine or whatever might be using it might be the only thing that justifies the price point, because they're saying they're going to release it at $3,000. Well, the developer kits will be $3,000. Um, they are right. eventually, their rollout is long on that. I mean, they're, you know, this, other oh, stuff, sure. this VR stuff is coming out here next year uh, or, it's, you know, the Gear VR is already out for commercial. Right. Purchase. But they're talking about developers getting their first crack at this in March. Right. Uh, and then they're going to be rolling it out to professional type environments and then maybe someday in a, you know, a couple of years someday. maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's anywhere near consumer use. Right. But, which, um, which is why the Oculus this riff tickles me so much more because I think their their pricing is better. I mean, I understand it's not the same kind of deal. It's definitely VR, not AR, and they're definitely geared more towards gaming. And but, you also need a computer with it too. I mean, that's one of the yes, neat things do. about the HoloLens is that it's pretty self-contained. But then it also because it's a Windows PC, the thing that they were really stressing was, oh, by the way, if you're also using any Windows 10 device, whether it's a portable, you know, portable device, a laptop, a, a desktop, you know, you can swoop with your hands and throw stuff over to the to the PC so that you can do your modeling or whatever it is and then bring it back and you know so it could interact with those other devices but but the the hololens itself is a fully functional uh, yes it is kit. but it's on battery and you have, i don't know how Uh-oh. long that battery is going to last if it's running if they can make it light enough to be comfortable to wear i wonder how they'll do that and make the battery long lasting enough for it to be worth it to actually be able to walk around with it and use it that way and if the that battery dies while you're wearing one of those like things game gear it's, yeah. If the battery dies while you're wearing one of those things, it's like getting unplugged from the Matrix. You basically die. You die. Yep. yep. You have a stroke, a grand mal seizure, and you so, die. <laughs> um, but so yeah. So I. I mean, I. That's what I was saying at the beginning, though. I think it's really great that there's been so much push in this area because it has forced everyone to compete at a really high quality level. And they're all. They're not all, but a lot of them are doing very different things. The Hololens is very different from an Oculus Rift. You could get both of them and they'd be doing very different things for you. Um, And the Oculus Rift is going to ship out with uh, that Eve, I think it's called, um, yep, the Valkyrie Dogfighting, which I have to say I think is the best game I played on the Oculus and it is really, really excellent. I I will become a fat kid if I get one. (laughs) 
does. Because <laughs> I will sit there and play that for hours. I'll be like that French kid who died playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway, that's what I am super, 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 super excited about is all the VR, AR developments that are occurring right now. Well, specifically for me, um, I'm saying the PlayStation VR. And, you know, yes. it's not just specifically for the tech that it's using and, you know, everything that comes with it. I think the PlayStation VR is probably going to be the most mainstream VR device you have out there. You think so? Because of, because of the name PlayStation. Well, and also, <laughs> I, th- I suspect that of the available options, I mean, maybe not the, the, the Samsung one, but again, you need a $600 phone to, to use that as well, but I think the price mm-hmm. point. Uh, I mean, you, you do need a, a PlayStation 4, so that's call it $300, $350 for something like that, and then I'm guessing probably about as much again for, for this, but that's definitely not the same thing as a $1,500 PC plus mm-hmm. an $800 no, yeah. Oculus isn't eight hundred bucks. It's supposed to be like four hundred, I think. Well, you know, it, it's, but it might depend on whether you already have a computer or you or you already have a PS4. Or you well, already they, have yeah, or that's definitely part of it too. And they, I mean, even uh, Palmer Lucky has said he's like, yeah, it's gonna take a pretty, it's gonna take a pretty good computer yeah. to run right. this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. You don't want an <laughs> Oculus Junior. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want Oculus Major. Leapfrog. Oculus. I think we've got a. I've got a virtual boy over here that might might suit you. Hey, the yeah. virtual boy is awesome. Shut up. <laughs> At least until the headaches set in. And then Blue, we now have the advantage of having just done this PS experience where they showed a lot of actual software that will be. How do you, how do you, about that what uh, Res Infinity? Yeah. yeah. I hope they I, I hope they sell neat. that bodysuit that vibrating that vibrating bodysuit. Uh, if it vibrates, Jeremy's into it. <laughs> Actually, what I'm. I'll just wear it and I'll just have Sage come over and just hit me with like spatulas. And I am all about this. <laughs> with, your, with your old move controllers. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I, ha- I hung on to those. Man, listen, everybody teases me about this, but now this is where it's coming together. I mean, the stereo 3D, the, you know, uh, <laughs> spatially aware inputs, gestural inputs, uh, you know, head tracking, things like that. I mean, that was all stuff that was kind of funny to, to laugh at, but that's, that's, where, the, that's where this is all going to. I mean, that's what this is all combining together to form a cool Voltron of, of actual extrasensory sure. uh, experiences. It, I, I always like, oh go ahead Blue. oh I was gonna say and I feel like this because of the uh, the name PlayStation this, this could make or this gives VR the most chance that it has ever because it works so well for Vita or had to be mainstream successful uh-huh. <laughs> Vita means life Robert I don't I will have I'll not have you despair <laughs> Vita. Well, yeah yeah I, I'll second hey, I love the Vita too but but you know we know how it ended. It yeah. means life. Yeah. But, I mean, look at the PS4. I mean, that thing is selling like hotcakes. It's out, true. Out well, I think people two. are ready for an upgrade. It had been a long time since, like, really interesting new technology had come out. And I like to think about, you know, five, six, ten years from now, if we keep going with all the, like, Jeremy's talking about, the peripheries and the sensors and the... I I picture this world where, like, people have little rooms that are set up for their vr experience and the whole room can sense where you are and it creates a world like the holodeck basically yes, a holodeck. the holodeck that was exactly what i was going to say <laughs> right which we're not that far off from. i mean the technology is getting there pretty rapidly I, it'll probably be a while before they set that up for consumers um in a way that makes sense for anybody but rich millionaire yeah. kids to buy yeah, especially but, in la where we can afford different rooms just set aside for a vr experience yeah, right well <laughs> Welcome I'm not saying it'll be right away room. for everyone, but 
well, but you might have a future like something out of a Gibson novel where really that's people's that's people's house is it's set up as a mostly blank room and then you set up sort of whatever and then other people can see the setup. So when they walk in, like they get the same hollow deck experience that you're having with tables and posters and whatever else. So what do you think of, of my new kitchen cabinets? <laughs> I put right. WWE diva photos on. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Blue, I'm kind of curious. Aside, <laughs> aside Blue from uh, from Res, what else did you like as far as software for for the PlayStation VR? I am interested in seeing what Ace Combat Seven. Yes. See, so doing. that's the same thing. Like Sage was talking about uh, Eve Valkyrie. Um, I am really looking forward to the like flight simulator or you know like Mech Warrior type stuff, where yeah. all you really have. I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference, but it places you in the cockpit of that thing. And just like in, I don't know if you ever watched when when they would take apart the like the making of Top Gun or something. A lot of that was about the editing, where you know a, a jet would zoom by, and it was all about like oh they would look over their shoulder one way. Or look over their shoulder the other way or you would get a spatial sense of where these where these aircraft were in relation to each other and i think just yeah. being able to do that just being able to look over your shoulder and see like okay that guy you know and, and pull around um i yep. think that'll make it really cool but yeah i agree that one that one looks exciting and sound has a lot to do with that actually because they've they've noticed that if the sound i mean sound is one of those things that's pretty easy to manipulate in terms of something crosses from your right headphone to your left headphone or whatever and you believe that something's walking behind you um it's a pretty easy thing to manipulate in order to get people to feel immersed or buy into what it Are is. Are you talking about doing. Kenny Loggins? <laughs> Danger <Yeah>. zone? <laughs> Kenny Loggins is right behind you. Ah! <laughs> he is behind me. <laughs> He's in your danger zone. Uh... <laughs> Hello. This is rapidly going to deteriorate into something that's terrible. <laughs> Uh, I also like the look of uh, Riggs, I think it is. The uh, gorillas doing their sort of robot, uh, robot oh. sports combat. Looks pretty good. You, you mean 100-foot robot golf? There's also 100-foot robot golf, which actually I have not seen in motion. I've only seen the stills of it, but I love the idea. It looks pretty damned ridiculous. It's, it feels like an idea that you would have seen in the Super Nintendo era. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we'll sure. take giant robots and have them play golf. I mean, that's basically what what every super nintendo obscure idea is take one concept add golf yeah let's take kirby no no but golf robots <laughs> doing golf is pretty i mean who doesn't that's like watch salary that? man that's gonna be amazing too robot yeah. Golf. <laughs> yeah it is uh new battle zone is another one that's coming out that's going to be sort of a i guess it'll be kind of a cockpity sort of thing um god what else is there uh, i know that they're doing some of the uh What's the uh, the on rails horror thing? Um, until dawn. There's the yeah. until dawn version that's coming out. That might that might be all right. Those work pretty well because it doesn't. It like you're so into the fear factor that's going on that it keeps you pretty. I mean, you could theoretically. I mean, that's all. That Disneyland is based on that, right? Yeah. You could, you could theoretically build. Uh, there could be a whole genre of games just about like you're gonna go through the you know pokemon snap man gonna yeah. bring back pokemon oh, yeah. snap uh, can we get a new pokemon snap by the way actually <laughs> there is there is a mobile game called safaranimals or safarimals or something like that which is apparently i have not played it but apparently you use your phone and it works uh where you i guess you look around with the the uh, accelerometers and it apparently is a pretty good pokemon snap knockoff uh, so yeah, lots lots of good software i think coming out but um yep. I, I guess i i'm i'm budgeting for for this year i'm like i said i I'm, I'm expecting that to be in the 300 to 350 price range, maybe. I think uh, they said uh, the PlayStation VR was going to be priced about the price of a console. Which is getting cheaper, so maybe I 
I wonder if they mean a console at the time they said that, or if they yeah. mean, they the mean a seven hundred dollar PS3. But I, yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't mind waiting. I mean, a lot of them have said they'd come out at the end of twenty fifteen, and then they pushed back and they said, ah, more like twenty sixteen. And I, I would rather they take their time and that this hardware and software come out really well integrated and functioning really well, so that people are not disappointed and then we lose it because vr was a thing what 20 years ago oh but because it didn't work very well everyone was like ah screw it we'll move on to something else so it's had a negative uh, stigma since then right right and everyone was like no it can't work so i i I hope they all take their time because i'd rather have a bunch of really excellent headsets to choose from than to have them be like oh we got ours out first oh it works like shit well uh, i think they're trying to be smart about it too i mean the the other one that i'm looking forward to personally since it was just barely enough ruin which um listening to tim schaefer talk about it is not going to be a first person experience um it is going to be more of a traditional type game where you're looking over you know the shoulder of raz or rasputin the the main psychonauts character um but then your your gaze or your uh virtual presence in that allows you to trigger some of the uh you know psychokinetic powers that he uses so it's not all necessarily going to be like first person looking around i mean they're they're I, i i you know, and we've been hearing about this stuff now for what two years at least. Yeah. Um. So I, I feel like they're I feel like they're taking it at a pretty good clip, and I think they've really been working on the technology, trying to cut down on the motion sickness factor and the you know the refresh rates and things like that. The, I I feel pretty confident in it. The idea that the third person thing would actually affect things in the game, I think, is a great idea. Where I think it doesn't work as well. They had a snow snowy based platformer where monsters are chasing you as one of the oculus rift things and it was third person Mm -hmm. and it was i found it to be totally not effective because you were running around in third person it was like playing mario 64 again i couldn't quite tell where i was jumping because i'm not actually that person but i'm right over his shoulder so my angle is always like a little bit cockeyed to where i'm trying to jump and when it first started up i thought i was like his friend or something because he starts talking and then you realize he's reading a letter to himself and you are him so it's like a really schizophrenic experience because you are this guy, but you're like sort of sitting right over his shoulder and and you're looking anywhere. It doesn't affect anything except that you can't really tell where you're jumping. So <laughs> if they're going to do it that way, I think leave leave the third person platformers to a normal console experience, unless it's something like you're saying where it actually has an impact on the gameplay. Okay, trivia. <laughs> I think that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. Who would have thought we'd still be seeing PSP releases in 2015, but thanks to the efforts of Victor Ireland and the localization team at Gaijin Works, we are seeing a PSP PS Vita title this coming week. Name Ooh. it. A, Class of Heroes 3. B, Last Ranker. C, Super Robot Wars Z21. D, Summer Night 5, or E, Grand Night Story? You know, Class of Heroes 3 would be uh, probably a valid answer because I'm sure there's probably one kicking around somewhere. Um, I feel like I would have heard about it, though. Yeah. I I know there's a Class of Heroes 2, but I don't remember hearing anything about Class of Heroes 3. Yeah, no, it's just one of those things. I feel like probably there is one somewhere. Um, And Grand Night... Um, 
you know, I felt like when, before you were reading the answers that I knew what the answer was going to be, and then none of them sounded like the answer that I was expecting. Um, I'm going to say Super Robot Wars. I'm going to I'm going to go with E anyway, even though I'm sure I know that 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 in fact that was like one of the first games that came out. I feel like on PSP, but I'm going to go with it. Did you did you say Legend of Heroes? Was that one of the options? No, that wasn't an option. <laughs> um, a- and a- I don't C, know. I, I picked another thumb. I picked D. I don't know. <laughs> Correct answer is D. Yay! <laughs> if she picked Shit. D, I don't know. I don't think that counts. That totally counts. Random <laughs> guessing has always counted on this show. <laughs> so, related question number two: Longtime Summonite developer, Flight Plan folded in 2010, leaving this Summonite 5 a game in jeopardy. Name the studio that helped revive the project. Also oh, you're known, saying Summonite. 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 Also, Summonite. Also <laughs> Jeremy, known thank for their you work. for that, because I had no idea what Robert was saying. <laughs> it's that Mideastern accent he's got. Yeah, Summonite. Also Summon. Known, Summon. Summon Knight. Also known <laughs> for the work on the Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth series. Did you get that? Summon Knight. A. Art Dink. B. Level 5. C. Phyllis Stella. D. Chunsoft. Or E. Mistwalker. When did all the questions start becoming five different choices? This is complicated. We, had, we, we were already <laughs> screwed enough as it is. We can do this. We can do this. This is Artink, level five, Felistella, Chun Soft, or Mistwalker. Chun Soft. I'll agree. I'll go with that because he sounds so sure. Felistella. <laughs> come on. Yeah. You guys oh. should know. Hyper-Neptunia <laughs> Rebirth. Come on. Mm. Number three, also coming this week, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania-based Matrified Games to offers their take on street fighting with the release of Battle High to A+. Identify the fictitious character from the following lineup. A. Brian Regis Harrisworth III, a psychotic student with a hockey mask and a purple, purple puffy jacket. D. Or, I'm sorry, B. Dr. Nasal, an assistant principal with a very long nose. C. Lucio Marmo, a student who works as a janitor to help pay for his mom's medical bills. D. Michelle Fong, a student who is forced to fight to pay for her ballet lessons. Or E, heavyweight, a former football player with the ability to summon fire. Again, Battle High to A+, coming to Xbox One this week. That looks pretty awful. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I feel like... For, like these choices I, were, weren't proof of that already? We're supposed to pick the one that is or the one that isn't? Is not. Is not. Uh, so I, I feel up. like the story of the student fighting to pay for her ballet lessons is a little bit too quality a storyline <laughs> for this game. So I'm going to go with that one. One of them was called Dr. Nasal, right? <laughs> right. Yes, Dr. Nasal. He has a long nose. Got it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Dr. Nasal. <laughs> what What was the other, other one? Not the puffy the jacket one, but the other one. The, the guy who makes fire, the football player who... Yeah. Oh, heavyweight is his name. Oh, oh. Uh, I don't know him. I guess. Correct answer: D. Jeremy got up. Michelle Wong, yes. the student. Damn it! I, it. I, could, I could. Fuck. I could tell Robert's narrative sensibilities were poured into that one. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, I was imagining a ballet would fit into her fighting style. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more thought than they put into it, I'm sure. <laughs> it looks that way. <laughs> Number four, looking ahead, next week also brings Minecraft Wii U edition to Nintendo's console. Name the, the answer piece. is A. I, I know the answer. The, the answer is yes, and the answer is fifteen dollars too expensive and three years too late. Whoa! What's the question <laughs> first? Come back. Let the market <laughs> decide, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Name the piece of downloadable content that wasn't announced alongside the game. A. A minion skin pack. B. Halloween 2015 pack. C. Pattern texture pack. Or D. Skyrim mashup pack. What game is this? It's called Minecraft. It's a fairly popular one. Yeah, it's a pretty. Um, I just missed that part. My my the the not just a few rooms. Earrings for VR. No, uh, minions. I guess I don't know. Uh, Skyrim. I feel like Halloween 2015 is just a little too ludicrous to be true. Correct answer. Even though Skyrim wasn't on the Wii U? You guys sure? The correct answer was Minion Skin Pack. Yes! Uh. <laughs> Three-month-old Halloween pack coming. Nice. Charging for that it. thing, you know, I don't know. I love it. There's probably a market, there's probably a use case for this program, but I... Let I the market decide. Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> Number five, anyone hoping to review the next game in the United States will have to wait until release day as the publisher decided not to send out copies to media. Name the abomination. Is it A, Taco Master? B, <laughs> <laughs> that's a real game, by the way. Okay. Bombing Busters, C, Devil's Third, or D, Amplitude? Ooh, okay. I'm gonna say Devil's Third. I'm gonna say Devil's. Uh, maybe that's the easy answer, though. Well, I mean, Nintendo is like not even acknowledging it for the most. They part. are like curb stomping it and throwing it under a. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, that was my that was my gut reaction. I'll, I'll go with Devil's Third. I'm gonna say Amplitude. If I said Taco Master, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's Devil's Third. Good job. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sixty bucks. But, but, so, 60 so just game. <clears throat> just to look at this from the converse perspective, you're saying that they are sending out Taco Master. <laughs> well, yeah, they might okay. be. They might be. Okay. They they have to. It's called yeah, it's Taco, Taco Master. <laughs> if they don't send it out, they're fucked. <laughs> I probably review that just by name alone. Right. I'm ho- hopefully it's a uh, spiritual successor to Burger Time. Uh. With tacos falling. <laughs> What if it was what if it was taco pantsu, then would you be into it for sure? All the way. Hundred and ten percent. Yep, I figured. <laughs> okay, who wants to take us home? Blue and white stripes on the sides. Who wants to take us home? Sage will do it. Oh my god, will I do it? Sure. Yes, she okay. will. <laughs> uh no, it's buy been a taco so, first. It's been, <laughs> we have a new taco truck in town. It's supposed to be actually pretty good. <laughs> Just I don't saying. know why wow. you would want to buy a taco off of the back of a truck. That just seems like foodborne illness waiting to happen. Uh, yes, I have. So, um, right. So, outro. I haven't done this in a really long time. So, if you like any of us and you want to follow any of us, we have a website. It's techgaming.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We are Tech Gaming on there. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow Blue Swim on Twitter at Blue Swim. You Tweet can me fo- with how awesome baby metal is. Yes. <laughs> you are still Blue Swim on Twitter, right? You change your name sometimes. I changed the username. Uh, I I changed the appearance name, but the username is still Blue Swim. Okay, 
Okay, good. Can you sing um, I Love Chocolate for us? <laughs> this could be the show intro. <laughs> that should be the show intro. Um, Jeremy's making fun of me because I don't ever talk to him because he's a jerk. But if you don't think he's a jerk and you want to follow him, you can follow him at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can follow me um, at Samurage, spelled like it sounds. And you can follow Robert Deagle. No, no, not with a Z. S A M U R A G E. Like a samurai who's pissed off. Like someone And. Summer nights. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna sing some grease for us. That's what I thought that summer nights was. <laughs> no. Um and you can follow our esteemable host Robert Deagle Allen at Tech Gaming. Tell me more. Uh, tech underscore gaming. Yes, yeah, sorry, tech underscore gaming. That's true. What you want me to tell you more, Robert? Wasn't that the line from Summer Nights? Oh yes. Tell me more, <laughs> tell me more. That's gotcha. true, it was. <laughs> And we all love all of you for listening to us, and we are all very apologetic about the fact that we sometimes take a long time to bring you these glorious podcasts. But we love you for listening, and please continue to do so. We heart you. We heart heart. Thanks for listening. See you in 2016. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least. True. I thought we were aiming for 2017. Yes. Game of the we'll year. Be a whole year. Ticket, 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 ticket